0: Applying daily recovery isn't only about wellness, this goes deeper. Daily recovery should be a blueprint for understanding your routine and habits. Over time, you can make adjustments so that you can start and end your days at your best. Ultimately, priming yourself to be at your best consistently. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always, and Feeding Curiosity is a podcast all about exploring the precarity of human experience, and we challenge ourselves and others to think, question, and synthesize wherever your curiosity takes you. In today's episode, it's going to be a little bit different. This is our second episode for the How to Train Your Mind series, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about daily recovery. And this is an idea that I've played around with for a better part of a year now, and the, the reason I bring this up is it's, it seems foundational to me. Um, as an engineer, I've been posed this question as a quality problem, right? The, the idea that we look at systems products, you know, all of the things that we run our life, right. Have a quality dynamic to it, right? How good is something? And that's not exactly correct if we're being semantic, but we, we try to always be improving our systems and products. But one of the things I believe is somewhat overlooked is the idea of how much we look at our bodies recovering from these stressors and strains throughout our day and what we do to them. And so with that, I've come up with this idea to try and take a step back and add awareness into how we look at our daily lives. and the reason I want to shed light on this is ultimately for empowering people to function better. And if you're a business owner, right, like you, you want your people to be able to function more effectively, right? The the idea here is that if they're able to recover more effectively, then they output more effectively. <laughs> it's a win-win for everybody involved. And not only that, is is the people around you win as well. Because if you're showing up in every aspect of your life better, then you will perform in whatever role that you choose. And so the way I look at this from here is we have about three main categories of recovery. So you have like sleep, movement, and food. And then you also have like a fourth dynamic, which is called think well or thinking, right? Like what inputs are you putting in your body? Like if you're if you're scrolling through Twitter or just looking for shit posting or something like that, that's not thinking well, right? It's mm-hmm. an idea of how much quality information you're taking in. Where is your attention being directed to? And this is why, if if you're watching this or listening to this, this is the, you know, I I believe something that is allowing you to think well. Because if you're trying to have this awareness over what you do to your daily routine, that shows a certain level of character. And while this is not a prescriptive thing, because it's the qualities are always moving and always changing, it's something to strive for. And... We can try to hit, you know, two, three of these in a day because sometimes you're just not going to be able to sleep well if you're flying or you just don't have access to good food or you're just busy and you're tired and you can't move. But you can still do a little bit, like just enough to get the body moving or to get yourself on the right track. You know, the, the idea is not to just try to set these in stone and, and box yourself in and say, I can't do X, I can't drink, I can't eat a certain food. That's not the point. <laughs> you still got to live your life. But the idea is to just do this gradually over time and build in a framework so that you can strive well to recover as best as you can every day. And it's a really important point for me. And so with that, everyone, we're going to jump into this and I hope you all enjoy this conversation or this idea of daily recovery. all right, let's jump right into this. So for me, the first place to start is, okay, we're going to measure this idea of recovery, right? And if you're anyone like me, it's like, well, how do you actually measure that? That sounds really subjective. And the short answer is, yes, it is. Um, And you can do this many ways. And it's a lot of it is going to be just becoming aware of your habits and routines. Um, There is some technology, I'm going to say this upfront that you can kind of invest in if you so see it fit for you. Um, the two wearables I wear, and I'm not sponsored by them, but I would just want to throw it out there because I think these devices do help. They're a new class of wearables. Um, the first one is called Whoop, W-H-O-O-P, and the other one is called Aura Ring. So the Whoop is kind of like a band similar to that of Fitbit, but they're built around these ideas of recovery and strain and sleep tracking. And they really help facilitate the ideas of these recovery things and that's where a lot of these ideas have come from for me as i've been able to look at my own subjective data set to see what happens when i do certain things like drinking alcohol and how much sleep i'm getting or how much i'm straining myself with working out and things like that not only that is it allows me to see over longer periods of time like six months or plus that you can kind of get a sense of how stressed out your body is. And as a little caveat there, um, to expand on really is when I had finished graduating from college in May, I was tracking my data and I could see, you know, my recovery was kind of okay, but I I have kind of lower, lower, healthy resting heart rate. And then I also had kind of lowish, uh, heart rate variability for myself, but What wound up changing is as I looked it out over three months or so, I noticed that my recovery started getting a lot better as I got farther away from school. And the only thing I could say is that the stress of school was adding in um, how much I was being stressed out by having just an extra layer of stuff to do in a given week was causing my own recovery to be affected, my own nervous system to be affected. Um, so it was pretty cool to kind of have that insight into how my body is reacting to the stress, right? Because I didn't feel more stressed out from school because it was a thing that I had given myself. So if you really want to get into this wearable tech, I do recommend that you check out either Whoop or Aura. Whoop is more athletic-based if you're really into pushing yourself in the gym and trying to see how much you're striving in, in getting your, getting after it cardiovascularly or stuff like that. Whereas Aura Ring is more centered around just sleep tracking. So you just put the ring on and you track your sleep and it gives you your sleep staging. They're both very good. They're different use cases. They're part of sa- similar categories, but one is boosted around or based around more of the athletic performance. So with that, without spending too much more time on talking about the wearable side of it, I would recommend you guys go check out my blog post uh, called Wearables Meet Whoop and Aura Ring that I had written a couple months ago, just kind of giving the basic overview of what these wearables do without going into too much detail here. All right, everyone. So now that we've kind of got this idea of like what can help us, why is this important? We're going to kind of unpack all these different things, but we're going to do it in the sense of, looking at your day, like just at a rough day, I'm not going to give really time periods, but I'm just going to break it into four categories, your morning, your lunchtime or afternoon, and then evening and bedtime. And we're going to just kind of ask ourselves questions and think about what it is in our given day that may be affecting the quality of our day, right? So under those four things like sleep, you know, your, your, your movement and your food are like the things we can do and the knobs we can adjust that all kind of go into the you know, thinking well category, the ability to have, you know, mental fog be lifted or the feel the flow state. So, so to speak, like if you're getting enough sleep, you're going to be, you know, fired up for the rest of the day, or you're just going to feel energized going into your morning, stuff like that. And so let's just start. You, You say you wake up in the morning. We got, I don't know, right? You just ask yourself, like, how do I feel today? And this is like where the wearables come in. So Whoop asks you every morning when you wake up, first open up the app, it catches you up. It says, hey, how do you feel today? You know, it says, how do you, do you feel rested? Do you feel energized or are you tired? Or do you feel like crap? And then it asks you some other subjective stuff. Like, do you feel stressed or are you injured? And so these are things that you don't need this wearable to kind of check in with, right? Like you can have these things and say, okay, who like, oh, I'm feeling sluggish today. Or like it took a lot more effort to get out of bed. Um, Like for me, I've been really mindful of doing this stuff now. And the other questions you can ask yourself is like, what supplements are you taking? Um, If you're drinking caffeine, um, that'll affect certain things, right? Right the the we all know the half-life of caffeine and how long it lasts so are you drinking caffeine first thing in the morning or do you feel it right um then from there we can kind of think about like whether or not you have certain how do i say this like the the idea of where is your your afternoon take you like do you need to have some sort of input that Will boost you through your day. Because like if you're feeling sluggish, right, you're gonna you're gonna wanna reach for that caffeine around noon or so. And just just from what we know from the science of caffeine with the half-life of about six hours, that means whatever you drink is gonna last in your body, or half of it is going to stay in your body for a, another six hours. So just for some easy math, say you drink a cup of coffee at noon. That means six hours later, six p.m., you will have. I'm just going to make the math easy. There's hundred milligrams of caffeine. That means there will be 50 milligrams of caffeine left six hours from now. And then going forward another six hours, say at midnight, you're going to have 25 milligrams of caffeine still in your bloodstream. So what that means is you're going to still have 25 milligrams of caffeine. That's going to be affecting your brain, affecting your alertness for the remainder of your night. And that doesn't sound like a whole lot. But if you're someone who drinks right before you go to bed, and I know I'm jumping around here, but this is just what my example is for right now, that is going to start affecting, you know, your recovery going into the next day because you're going to have less restful sleep. Alrighty. So now say you go through your morning, you're having a normal work day or something like that, and you have stressors in your day, right? Like you have work and your meetings or you're doing emails, all of that stuff. Then you hit lunchtime the questions to ask here are kind of like, what am I putting in my body? You know, am I giving myself chances to decompress if at all possible? That's where like this first, like the mindfulness practices that we talked about in the first episode really kind of come into play is because these are the stressful environments that our day-to-day lives bring us that we can use these calming methods to reel ourselves back in to let this stressful stuff kind of bounce off of us or roll off of us. You know, you're kind of be like water as a, uh, Bruce Lee would say and so from there I, I like for myself so these are my things like I try to if I'm going to be with people and lunchtime at work I try to make it a fun time and make it so it's not about work Like I try not to I try to unplug I've always been this person where I always have something going on obviously but I do enjoy just kind of unplugging and enjoying something to read like especially if it's something intellectually stimulating for myself either reading or podcasts and stuff like that. So, and that like energizes me to do that. So whatever it is that you can do, even if it's like, I don't know, you get out of the office and you go for a walk. Like that's a good thing to do because it'll help you re-energize your thing. And that counts as exercise. Like I'm not going to be militant here. Like these four categories or three categories, like I'm not saying you're going to go run a marathon every day or every week. Like this is just an accumulative thing over the week. I think it's safe to say probably about an hour of each total of cardio and strength training is about good. (laughs) Like you don't need to go crazy with this stuff. Um, And then the same thing goes with food. Like I'm not going to be militant here and I'm not going to say like, you got to be a certain diet. Like that's stupid. Um, It's not about that. It's about eating healthy where you're getting a lot of greens, a lot of different colors, a lot of different micronutrients, and you're just trying to cover your bases, right? And I could talk about supplements here, but, but, but supplements are not everything here. I'm going to be really honest with you. Like the supplement is the top of the pyramid that helps you get the, you know, five, two to one to 5% squeezed out of that pinnacle, right? Right like sure, it'll help you get somewhere. And like for me, and I'm, and this is like just full disclosure, right? Like, so my morning supplement routine is like a, is, is really simple. And I've gone bare bones on it on purpose because I don't think we need to be buying crazy amounts of supplements, but I will pay more for things that I think are necessary because our diets do have limitations. That being said, I use athletic greens. That's my like morning, supplement where I kind of cover all my bases. Right. And that's what everybody says. If you're listening to other podcasts and I'm not sponsored by them, but I'm just use them because I believe in it because it saves me money in the long run. That's just where I'm going to fall on this stuff. And this is like stuff I don't really talk about, like these day to day routines. And, you know, this is just me shouting them out because I use these products because it helps me keep my bases covered without being overly expensive kind of thing. So that's lunchtime, right? So you've got all this like background build up where you're kind of like trying to get through your day and then lunchtime might be your first little attempt to kind of reel yourself back in. And you know, a lot of times we get lethargic at lunch, right? You get that 2 p.m. drag as everyone hits. So that is an indicator that you may or may not be getting enough sleep, right? Like if you're waking up and you're having energy drains and things like that, um, you might want to look into your sleep because that's like a huge foundation here. Um, They really try to focus on, and this is from Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep, and you can listen to podcasts and stuff, and I'll try to put show notes of his work because his stuff is so fascinating, and I just think um, a lot of what this idea of daily recovery was driven by my understanding of all the sleep need and how sleeping effectively, and this is like looking into the science of sleep, is really important. Um, So you really just want to shoot for about seven, between seven and eight hours of sleep in general. Um, and we're, we're really having to try and push back against some cultural n- norms here because we're so easily accessible to caffeine and things like that. So, alrighty, righty, that's more of a tangent there. And so from there, what we'll kind of, um, transition to say like the end of the workday evening time, you're getting back into the flow of your day. Uh, like how, how do you end your day? Like, what do you do at the end of your day? Maybe you have kids or you have a wife or family, whatever it is. Do you try to make time for the gym? Like, how does your, how do you feel about your life, but more or less? Like, where do you, like, what do you do to decompress for the end of your work day? Because a lot of us, I feel like, can get sucked into the, this headspace of what is it that is dragging you down or dragging you back? Like the. I've been stuck in this headspace where the end of my day is just like, Oh my God, I barely got anything done and I'm just stressed out about my time. And like, I don't, you you know, you just felt like you spun your wheels the whole day at work and then you just leave work and you try to leave it behind, but then you're just like, or you stay later at work. Right. So, and it's really easy to, to, to bring work with you or to say, Oh, I got to stay an extra hour here and there to make up for what I didn't get done earlier today. You know? Um, And so for me, it's just kind of bringing an awareness to that. You have a limit every day. And this is where the recovery again, like this awareness of the mind and body and how are you showing up in your life and and understanding that, hey, I do have this limit and I can't be a super soldier every day and just recognizing that, oh, my productivity right now is shot and me sitting here much anymore is just going to give make me that more afraid for the next day. And it's just got to be honest with yourself, right? So, you know, know when to unplug and know what are healthy habits. And um, for me, I like to work out at in the evening times because it's post-work. So I bring all of my gym clothes and everything that I need to with me to the gym so that are with me to work and then so that I can go straight to the gym to work out. And that isn't because I'm like better than anyone else it's just like one I like to be prepared but two I know that if I go home I'm more likely to not show up at the gym because it's one of those things that's important to me but not required. So I make it a point to have that built into my schedule so that I don't have the opportunity to cheat myself on something I value. So I normally do kind of light workout and I try to focus on just functional fitness. I love kettlebells. I love lightweight stuff. And more recently, I love yoga. I've been really doing yoga classes provided by my gym and it's been really fun. And yoga has this double edged sword of it, basically that it's kind of like a mindfulness practice. And so that's been super helpful for me. And I've noticed how my body reacts to that. And it's just kind of building this more well-rounded base. And now Say you're post-workout, post-dinner, post-family, like you're you're just chilling at home, right? Like you're you're winding down the rest of your day. And what it is that you do before the end of the day. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I used to, I'm still pretty guilty of this on a given day, where I kind of get my head into too over your stimulating stuff as I'm supposed to be winding down my night, which is computers like I, i'm staring at computer screens i'm on my phone i'm i'm playing like video games where my brain is getting activated and i'm stimulated by something on the screen and all of these things they don't seem like they're big impacts but they add up over time because they impact how your it how easily it is for you to shut your system down and have like a power down routine like you know in the morning you have a power-up routine right and at the night you should have a power down routine and so that's like one of the things that i try to pay attention to and you know i don't sometimes i do it better than others other times i don't <laughs> like everything else and um it's tough it's really tough and so some of the like things i do here is like wearing uh blue light blocking glasses if you have to be on the computer uh, post like 9 p.m or so say you have like an 11 o'clock bedtime or something like that um or just trying to Figure out powering down routines. Calming music really helps. Reading books helps. Oh, boom. Okay. So from there, it's kind of like what works best for you. Sometimes taking a shower even is helpful for calming because you're, you can get your body temperature, start tricking yourself to get into that bedtime mode. Other things I would recommend is trying to remove any screens from the bedroom, uh, if at all possible. Other life hacks I would I have tried to use is is uh, what is called a wake up light. You can look it up and I'll put a link in the description for this. But wake up light basically is a orange tinted light that mimics the sun. So you can set it up and it'll have a timer on it and it slowly mimics like the sun is setting and it's really, really cool. Um, and I've been using this for probably about six months or so now, and it really helps reset my circulate circadian rhythm. It's very, very cool. And it also does a kind of a soft wake up where it rises like the sun. And then it has like bird chirping sounds as the alarm. So with all of that, these are like the routine eyes, like how to look at your life, like What are the things that are going on in your life? And then we're going to kind of jump into other things about this that I have noticed or things that I could take away from in the next section. Boom. Wait, before we talk about changing habits or routines. We got to hit one more thing and I'm not going to win any friends talking about this, but we're to talk about alcohol because the thing about recovery and alcohol is they don't go met very well together. They really don't. Um, so you're going to see a thing here with at least for me, the wearables really track the effect of alcohol and your sleep. And basically, if you have, or for me at least, if I have two or more drinks, sometimes one even, I will see a significant decrease in how well rested I will be the next day. This comes in a lower heart rate variability. It will become with a raised resting heart rate and all sorts of other things. Because like when you drink alcohol, it's a sedative. So even though you knock out, you're not really getting really good sleep. And what I mean by that is how much like deep sleep and REM sleep you're getting, um, which are the more restorative stages of sleep. So not to be a Debbie down here or militant about not drinking alcohol. It's just something to be aware of. And, and what I mean is that if you're, you know, getting ready for a big presentation or you got a, you know, sporting event or something you just gotta be on point with. I would recommend paying attention to the fact that drinking may not help you fire on all cylinders the next day. Um, That being said too, Whoop has actually done a pretty cool study. uh, One of the first studies that they did, and they did a podcast on this as well. So I could link it as well too, which is a podcast on how alcohol affects collegiate athletes. Um, or at least they study on that uh, rather. And what they did is basically they checked the box said athletes, did you drink or not? And they said yes or no. And then they tracked their resting heart rate and HRV and all that stuff. Like I just explained. And they basically found out that if they drank, they could, and it was, I don't know. I don't think they tracked how much they drank, but basically they were able to see like a four day lingering lowered recovery, uh, post drinking, which is kind of crazy. So that means even if you drink a little bit, you can see lingering effects of that alcohol, even though only takes about an alcohol, sorry, even though it only takes about an hour for the alcohol to get through your system. So yeah, there's just a little caveat about bedtime and drinking and evening events. And not only that is there's a lot of other social stuff that happens when you do drink. You become, you know, lubricated in that sense, and you make different decisions. So you start eating bad food and you sleep worse and you just don't make good decisions in general, right? So we we all know these things, and it's I think it's just worth kind of bringing to attention again for this word, my favorite word of all time, awareness, right? So, yeah, I had to throw in something in alcohol here because it is worth noting, and if you do make the leap to get a wearable like Whoop or Aura Ring, you will notice the difference. And I myself, it has caused behavior modification in the sense that I... I'm just aware of it now. You know, I see the numbers change and I see how my body reacts to it. And I, you know, I'm checking in with myself, though. It's not even like, whoop, isn't going to make me change my behavior, right? It puts things in front of you and you got to do with the data that you see fit. And that's why I'm really being transparent about this, because it's it's important, you know, and tis the season, considering it is sober October or the month of. So, yeah, on to the next section, which is actually going to be how we can do behavior changes modifications so say we've gone through our day and we kind of made a list of things that maybe we want to change right maybe you start drinking caffeine up until only 2 p.m right or you are going to work out a certain time or you're going to just start doing something right you're going to make some sort of change to your routine wherever it ends up being so The way I like to look at these behavior changes or routine changes is in the sense of two week experiments. So you make the change for two weeks straight not a super long amount of time. I've done this multiple times actually. And uh, for longer, I've actually done month long changes. So I've eliminated caffeine from my, my diet for 30 days. I've done 30 days of mindfulness, which I've all talked about these things on the podcast. And they're written about actually both of them (laughs) as blog posts too, which is ironic that I mentioned this. So yeah, these are kind of, the way I look at these things. And I do 30 days because a 30 days, sounds like a fun thing to do. It's a little bit longer and I can actually track things a little bit quicker. But if you're really trying to do this constant evolution idea, you do two week experiments. And like a new iteration of this that I've kind of started thinking about is the idea of you do like a one week experiment, right? With the change. And then you remove that change, go back to a normal schedule because the thing about making changes, right, is you're going to have like some sort of placebo effect most likely where you're going to feel great about the change you made. That's just normal human psychology. So to kind of circumvent that idea is you do the change for a week and then you remove the change and see if there's a difference now that you've removed the change. So that way you can kind of check in with yourself to try and remove this N of 1 placebo effect stuff and things, which is it's hard and it's difficult. So the other thing I could recommend here as well is to ask your friends and family, those who know you really well and say, Hey, I've been experimenting with this thing. I want your general genuine feedback about what if I have a positive impact by making X change. Right. And the other thing here is just to kind of remember that, any change you make, it's going to be a little hard to figure it out, especially if it's only end of one. But I mean, that's kind of what this is all about, right? This is bringing awareness to yourself and making positive impacts for your day. Um, so yeah, it's, um, and this is not the end all be all here. And I'm kind of just glossing on the surface, but I really want to use this podcast as like an awareness and give you guys a blueprint. Or, so this is kind of just food for thought for you guys so that you guys can kind of take this and run with it. I really want to see what other people think about this because this is kind of how i've been orienting my life around for a while now and i don't know i haven't had a lot of feedback on it like some of my friends know about it but it's not really out there in the wild so to speak so with that we're going to do some closing remarks and we're going to wrap this bad boy up All right, everyone. So that's kind of the gist of prioritizing daily recovery, right? So the idea here that I'm proposing is as a society, a culture, you know, individuals, we have lots of cultural baggage that we need to work through in how we function every day. We cut the corners, so to speak. And, you know, it's hard. It's really, really freaking hard um, because we just have lives and unfortunately when we have busy schedules and everything's crammed together and we're trying to make time for those that matter certain things get destroyed in the stink and unfortunately a lot of that comes down to sleep and for me when i start thinking about these things is when when i when i future cast right like where i want to be these ideas come forward and i think of like okay if i can start doing these things then i can start performing better and by these things i mean sleep movement food thinking well if i can start doing these effectively and i'm not saying we have to do these hundred percent on the dot like you're just firing in all cylinders every freaking day that's ridiculous that's super ridiculous because we have lives and it's just not going to work out that way but but these are like the high watermarks that you strive for and you try to you know, as your schedule changes and different points in your life changes, just having that level of awareness of like checking in with yourself, be like, hey, how do I feel today, or how do I feel right now? Am I stressed? Like, how do I, you know, take a deep breath? Use the mindfulness stuff that we've talked about. Use all these super, you know. And sometimes when you've done this stuff for a little while, it's like, oh, common sense. But it's when you get activated and when you don't have enough sleep, when you're not eating enough food, right? That the or right foods that you start slipping. And the reason I want to put these out here as a blueprint is so that people can start making their own things to be able to put the legwork in and then once you've put enough time into it, you can kind of set it off to the side and let it run as like your background software of like, oh yeah, I got it. Like I can do this. And then every so often you check in with yourself, you know, every quarter and be like, oh, I'm slipping here in this area, or I'm slipping, like my sleep could have been better. Cause then you can look back at your old data sets and quote, like, you don't have to buy these wearables. I'm going to be honest. Don't, you don't have to do this. Like I'm doing the legwork here, recording my data to distill down stuff like that. You know, where you, you start seeing the benefits of your behavioral modifications so that you can just show up and i'm not doing this in the sense that it's like the you, at work right or like it's whatever it is that you value most that you want to be the best at in your category your category and it's not everyone else's category it's what you want to show up and be the best be your best at um is what this is all about and um And I think that is going to wrap up today's episode with how to train your mind and prioritize daily recovery. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. Of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.